This is Take Flight with Mark Whittle. I'm Mark Whittle, former city worker turned performance coach, and this is your place for inspiration and education on ways to optimise your performance. Thanks for choosing to Take Flight. Tim. Sir. Welcome to the Take Flight podcast. Yeah, pleasure. This is a pleasure. Thank you first and foremost for being so welcoming. It's my second time ever doing jiu-jitsu in my life. You're an athlete, so that it makes uh, doing new things really easy. So it's going to come very natural to you. Thank you. Well, very obvious. Well, I mean, I think you made it easier for me, uh, which is appreciated. Um, but uh, thank you for the compliment. But I think like just coming straight up, shaking my hand and getting me involved is kind of summing up jiu-jitsu and the sport I'm learning about. But yeah, and summing up you as well, clearly showing who you are. So I appreciate it. Yeah, I, uh, th- there's something magical about jujitsu. The that immediate connection that you have with somebody when you're both doing a hard, arduous activity. Like you're sweating, you're breathing, right? Like, uh, I know that you that you don't smoke. I know that um, you're not drunk. I know that uh, how you respond to stress. Like we've never met before. We literally just rolled for five minutes, right? I know that you don't hit somebody out of anger. Like you're composed, you're chill, you know, the, that crisis response that some people have, um, that fight or flight. I know what yours is now. You know, I know that you're a calculating, cool, collected human. This is all in five minutes. You learn something about somebody, right? Um, you know what their diet's like, you know, if they stink, if they have body odor, like uh, cool, you eat a bunch of crap, you know? And so like, it is so intimate how quickly you learn about somebody. You know, I know that you're an athlete. I know that you have great endurance. I know that you also have fast twitch muscle, you know, like, so that tells me a ton about just you as a person in five minutes. We know that much about each other. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. I hadn't even thought of that. So I'm trying cool. to think what I know about you. You're heavy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hairy. <laughs> yeah. I kind of am similar to an ogre or a troll. <laughs> uh, yeah. But no, honestly, that is a, that is a privilege. I trained my first time with John Danaher um, over at Roker. And what then, a gym, right? Oh, what a God. gem too. Like what a great human. It's a great gym. And it's also the people there are the best in the world. Well, you're, when you're talking about like stress response, like I don't think he has a flicker in his heartbeat. Like no. he was the calmest person I've ever met. We were laughing actually last night. Like I could never read him. <laughs> I don't think I could read him ever. He's so cognitive and he's so intellectual. Um, he's, he's wicked smart, but um, there's a ton of personality behind there that people don't see. And that's one of my favorite things about John is um, watching that dry sense of humor kind of come out and, uh, and the, you know, the, not as calculating as he is at grappling and jujitsu, that same thing just goes into his personality and his, and his humor. And so he's a, he's a, he's a rare human and a, and a really great one as are the athletes in that room. Yeah. Well, listen, so are you like, I just want to share because this is a UK based audience and the context is called take flight. It's about the leap of faith and stepping out of your comfort zone, you know, doing things you've not done before no matter how you feel about it. So that's kind of the message that we're spreading. It's an important one. Yeah. And like, you know, for me coming over here, if I'd have known I would meet and sit down with you, that would have been like something I would have been so excited about and have been. Can you share a little bit of your backstory for people who might not be aware of you? I have a kind of a wild story. I was, was a firefighter first, a firefighter EMT, then became a police officer. And I was in grad school when 9-11 happened. And I enlisted on 9-11 into special forces. And I have spent 18 years as a special forces operator in a variety of jobs from halo sniper teams to direct action, counterterrorism, hostage rescue teams to, you know, AFOs traveling ahead of deployment guys. Uh, so a, a lot of different things on the military side, you know, sniper, a ranger, obviously a green beret. That's what special forces means. And then, um, 
concurrently while I was in the military, I was also fighting. So I fought for organizations like the UFC and Strike Force and the IFL and the WC and uh, you know fought for a couple of world titles. I have one of the rare distinctions of fighting for two world titles and which very very rarely do you get to fight for the world title twice um, and I was on a run for the third time but actually never being called a world champion because uh, I'm a two-time loser for for the title. <laughs> hey, man. Yeah. But no. I mean, what a great career. You know, I, I top 10 in the world for almost a decade. Wow. You know, I was just one of those guys that the blue collar hardworking, yeah. you know, you got, you got to put him out mm. or take him to the judges type guy that you don't want to see at the end of a fight. Yeah, no, I, I can see that. Yeah, <laughs> I can see that. What do we need to know about your upbringing to understand a little bit more about Tim Kennedy? Yeah, the, it, not surprising. You know, I, I had um, a, a pretty remarkable childhood. I had an amazing mother and father. My dad was a, a narcotics officer that worked mm. for some big gr- drug task force. I, I brag often during the peak war on terror, um, he went down to Costa Rica and stole a, a plane of cocaine from Pablo Escobar, brought it back to the United States, and then let it be distributed to the United States-based drug distributors and then went and arrested all of the drug distributors in the United States and they didn't lose a single gram of cocaine. You know, they kept, it was such a well-run operation that from delivery in Costa Rica all the way to distribution in the United States in one fell swoop, they took in, you know, countless drug smugglers and drug distributors in the United and drug dealers, of course. Um, but those are like low level problems. They were, they were going after the heads of the snake. We had a red phone in the closet you know, that, that, uh, would answer and, and, you know, have a cover story for my dad to try to protect him. You know, he'd come home with like these million dollar race cars and, you know, Porsche Cayennes and Lamborghinis. And, um, he's, you know, just like hide it in the garage until he'd go and do the thing that he was doing. So it was, it was a wild childhood. Um, and, uh, I'm also a child of the eighties and things were different then, yeah, yeah. you know, no helmets, uh, drinking out of farm hoses, you get kicked out and you come back when the sun sets, um, yeah, no you know, social it, media. No, no. So thank God yeah. I would, uh, I would be in jail forever. <laughs> um, I would not be famous or rich. I would be in, in a jail somewhere. Well, you already said, what, what was the question you said? We have, you, were you scared about the amount of guns that are in this building or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, this is, well, I mean, this is Texas, so it's not surprising to be, to have them here, you know, but in the eighties, like it was just a wild, wild West era. Mm. And, um, you know, that it was awesome growing up then. And, uh, I would not change it for anything. Mm. I was born in 87. So a little bit later, but a similar kind of thing. Yeah. Like, you know, no social media, didn't have any of that stuff till I was like 19, 20. Still I, dangerous. That's still a peak. It is. It yeah. is. Yeah. Like those young twenties and stuff, but like I have a two and a half year old daughter now and I worry about what yeah. that means for her. You know? yeah. No, 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 no smartphone, no social media until she has her identity mm. whenever that is. So that, that might be 18. You know, I know that sounds crazy to like, wait, no, like she's going to be such an outlier. I I think a ton of the struggles that we're having with society right now with mental health and, um, you know, gender identity and suicide, all of those are really coming back to people don't have, you know, like when I was eight, I said dumb things, you know, like, uh, man, I think I'm a horse, Mm -hmm. you know, dad, do you think it's a great idea for me to jump off this four story building into the pool that's in the other parking lot, you know, like, no son, you, you can't make that yeah, jump. I can make it. Yeah, no, I can make it. You know, my frontal lobe obviously didn't develop until I was in, in my mid twenties to late twenties. So, uh, you know, I just, I, I, it breaks my heart seeing the struggles that this generation has and man, just figure out who you are to start before you start having other people start influencing who they want you to be.
because you're looking to the external for the yeah. answer. Of, oh, cool. Uh, I got likes, you yeah. know, because I look good in this photo. You know, like I did my hair, so I got more likes. Maybe I'll make it purple and I'll get more likes. Mm. Like that attention is so dangerous. Mm. Yeah, it's just God bless them. Yeah. Could you talk to me about if one sticks out like a significant leap of faith for, for you? Like what's a great example of that? Because I think you've got so many honors in the military and in fighting, right? What is something, because I could make them up or yeah. project my version of that for you. But what, what, what comes to mind for you when you think about that? I, mean, I think there were real two moments that, that changed and defined ultimately kind of who I became as a man. Uh, Afghanistan was one of them where in, in two ways, the first time that I deployed there, I went by myself as a sniper and um, I was working with not Americans when we got in a really bad gunfight and uh, it wasn't like it had been in Iraq where, you know, the, the full might of the American military was brought to bear. You know, this was me and like 12 other guys that are fighting for our lives against hundreds of Taliban. And I grew up and I matured and I got humiliated and I thought I was going to die and I was really scared. Um, you know, that was a very clear moment that changed all future combat operations and how I acted and responded. And then being part of Save Our Allies. Save Our Allies is a, is a nonprofit that was in Afghanistan for the evacuation um, during the initial invasion into Ukraine. We were trying to provide huma humanitarian aid to the front lines. You know, that was another soul searching time where I really had to figure out who I was, you know, again, what my identity is. How do you identify more as a fighter or someone from the military or neither? Neither. I just want to be a good man. And I think me being a good man makes me a good father, makes me a good husband, makes me a good soldier, makes me a good fighter. Having Jordan Peterson, like having the ability to, to do violence, you know, to be a dangerous, but then having the, making the choice to be kind and to show grace. Um, like that's a good person. Somebody that couldn't do violence, that isn't dangerous and then doesn't hurt someone. He's not a good person. He's just useless. But somebody that is even skilled at violence and then chooses to do good by way of, of humanity and society. Like that's the person I want to be. You know? What are you doing daily to make sure that you are being a good person? Yeah. I mean, you have to be faithful in the small things. If you're faithful in the small things, you're faithful in the big things. So, you know, like I, I eat clean. I uh, talk respectfully to my wife, you know, I'm gentle with my kids. Um, I am a good, I try to be a good teammate and associate with the people that I work with. Um, you know, as an entrepreneur where you're like the CEO, um, you're not the CEO, you're, you're just part of a team. You know, I'm a spoke in the wheel, just like everybody else here. And I'm trying to do my part to lift the load and keep it rolling down the road. You know, th so all of those little things from like what I eat, you know, I said, I did all the things before we got on camera, you know, like I do the cold water immersion, you know, like I'm, I'm going to go and have a delicious post-workout snack. You know, I'm going to have my little, like all of those little things, I get good sleep. You know, I wake up early. I take, you know, time to do a devotional. Um, What's a devotional? Uh, like for some people it's meditation. Some people it's praying, you know, like my wife and I sit down for, for like 10 minutes. And sometimes we go through a book. Like right now we're doing a uh, battle proof, a uh, battle proof marriage. Um, it's just like a book that, you know, talks about, Hey, wife, talk about these things that you're struggling with husband, talk about these things that you're struggling with. You know, like and sometimes maybe it's not with my wife. Maybe it's just times where I just get up before everybody else wakes up and I go outside, throw the ball for the dogs, listen to the, the, the birds start chirping as the world starts waking up, you know, see the sun start rising. My toes are in that freezing cold, cold grass. You know, it's just a moment where I'm grounded. Maybe sometimes it's waking up uh, or waiting for the whole entire family to go to bed. And I just take a few minutes, go out in the pool, sit in that 35 degree water, you know, five, 
for just even five minutes, just five minutes of stillness, listening to my heart, listening to my breathing, you know, maybe saying a prayer, you know, like it's different for everybody. And I think those, those tiny little moments of self-reflection give you some clarity as to where do I need to focus my time and energy to be yet yeah, again, a better person. And where are you focusing your time and energy now? I mean, he's being a good man. Um, my seven-year-old on our refrigerator right now, he, he completely, unique to him. Like he, he wrote for like, what are his goals for this year? And he wrote like to be a good man, do as I say, not as, not as I do like that lie that people have been living for a really long time. And we forget how much everybody sees, you know, everybody out there saw that guy do something dangerous and I smash him, you know, like my kids every single day, you know, you can be anything that you want. Okay. Then why dad, are you a piece of crap alcoholic? You know, why dad, do you not, do you have a crappy job? Then why dad, are you not kind to my mom? You know, like that's not how it works. They see everything. So I'm trying to be vulnerable, real, transparent, and honest with everybody that I work with. And, um, that's my goal. Mm. Amazing, man. Yeah. They, they won't listen to what you say, but they'll be watching what you do. Heck yeah, they will. Everyone will, you know, everybody in every one of these offices in this whole entire building, you know, no Mm. different. Yeah. I felt that what you said about your son. I'm actually, I haven't shared this on the podcast yet, but um, my wife is pregnant. We're having a son in the summer. Oh man. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you, mate. I'm so excited. Like since finding out, I've just been feeling just unbelievably grateful more than I ever have in my life. Yeah. So it is the most important thing that will happen in your life. Everything that you've ever done, everything that you, like you're okay. You love your wife, right? Like the, my, my ability to love my capacity to love is 100% when I meet the woman that I'm gonna spend the rest of my life with. So you think, yeah. and then you hear that baby cry for the first time and everything changes your ability, your, your 100% capacity. Your, you thought your tank was full. Nope. It just will grow and grow. And then you see them walk, take their first step and then you see them struggle and fail and you want to go and help them, but you can't because you know, they have to work through it themselves and it just tears your heart out as you're trying to figure out how do I help this person become the best version of the Like it gets wild, brother. I'm so excited for you. Thank you, mate. Thank you. If, I think it's interesting as a man to have like, I had a daughter first and I had all the challenges of like trying to relate to a female in this world yep. and then to then be able to do that with a son to, that I'll be able to relate to a little bit. Yeah. Sam, I had two girls before I had my son and then I had another girl. So I got three girls and a boy and um, I know being a girl dad makes you a better man. Mm, yeah. No doubt about that. Yeah. 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 Amazing. Yeah. All right, man. Last couple of these. So, um, we do the same three questions at the end of every episode. Anything you've discovered or come across recently that you're particularly excited about? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, recently or? It can be anything really, but yeah. like just something that you've discovered and you're like, yeah, you know what? That's good. That's made a difference. Keep your circle small. Hmm. Uh, how many friends do you have on Facebook? I don't care because they're not your friends. You know, like how many followers do you have on Instagram? It doesn't matter. They don't know you. You know, like that is a curated, editorialized, fake version of every worst characteristic of human nature. My small circle, it's like five people. Yeah. It's five people I call. It doesn't matter the hour. They will pick up. If I say, Hey, we got to go hurt somebody. They're going to say, whose car are we taking? Mm-hmm. You know, it says, Hey, I mean, I'm struggling. What do I do? Come over. Well, let's talk about this. I'll be there in five minutes. I will fly a helicopter to you and get you out. You're like, these are my friends. And uh, that circle has gotten smaller and smaller and smaller through pain and mistakes and me having mis- misguided trust. Um, so yeah. How'd you know the five? Some of them I work with. Um, a couple of them I train with and, uh, one of them I grew up with. Okay. So like long-term friends. One. Yeah. One of them is a long-time friend. All my other long-time friends, we have nothing in common, you know? Yeah. There's one person I know from long time ago. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, one habit you'd recommend all listeners to undertake. 
one habit. No, nah, no, nah, that's not how it works. Hmm. Um, building good habits is the sole thing. When I, consistency and hard work over time is the only thing that garner, garners results. Consistency plus hard hard work, right? Those are good habits. So like, yeah, I, I can't say it's getting up early. I can't say it's meditating. I can't say it's working out. I can't say it's eating clean, you know, because each one of those good habits contributes in a very significant way. And, um, and accumulatively, collectively, those are the things, these good habits that will make you be the extraordinary version of yourself that can do a volume of work that nobody can keep up with. That's, that's what we're, we're going for. Mm, all right, I love that, man. Right, I'll change that question. <laughs> it's a good question. Just make people answer it the right way. Yeah, yeah. Um, the last one is take yourself back to a particularly difficult moment. What's the key trait that allowed you to get through that? It's the same situation 25 years apart. It's me swimming. And um, when I was in my young 20s, I had a couple of women pregnant and I thought I was dying of AIDS. My grandpa had just died, who was the patriarch of the family. I just crashed my motorcycle. I take all my clothes off. I walk into the Pacific Ocean and I start swimming due west into the fog. And um, I get lost in the fog. And it wasn't until a Coast Guard boat comes and rescues me that was maybe two hours later, you know, in 53 degree water for two hours. But I kept swimming. That was, uh, I could have at any moment just as every inch of my body was frozen solid, uh, just could have gone under the drink and welcomed that darkness. And that's the end, you know, that's, that's the end of everything, but I kept swimming. And I, I, I mean that metaphorically and literally, like I didn't have an intent to go out and kill myself. I was just trying to like have a baptism, like a, a, a rebirth for lack of a better word. You know, like, I don't think consciously, obviously I was doing something very dangerous, but there I was and I kept swimming just, just a year ago. I was in Costa Rica with my family and my son walks out into the water and he gets pulled by a rip current out to the sea. And um, I mean, it was just like us. We're, we're looking at each other and I look back and he's a half a mile out. I mean, it was so fast and um, you know, like my consciousness, I could see him in my peripheral and then it was just like, and I sprinted down this beach and it took me almost two hours again two hours to drag him back to shore there. I got back onto the shore. I was throwing up. I couldn't walk for a couple of days. And had I stopped swimming at one moment, my, I would have drowned and my son would have been washed out to sea and eaten alive by sharks. And, uh, but I kept swimming and the, my ability to keep swimming was caused by good habits. I was in shape. I worked out. I swam. I ate well. I was sober, you know, like, take any one of those habits away and I'm in the drink. My son is out to sea and I would have been dead in Morro Bay. So, Fuck man. Yeah. That's amazing. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Shitty moments. Yeah. But you're prepared for it, right? When it comes and no one can predict, predict anything like that. Nope. Listen, man, it's been a really special moment for me. Thanks for being so gracious yeah. and amazing, man. Like I'm a, such a big admirer of all you've done and this is amazing. This has happened. I'll uh, remember it for a long time. Thank, Thank you. Man. All right. Thanks. You have reached your destination. Hey, it's Mark Whittle. Thanks so much for watching or listening. It's so great to have you a part of the Take Flight movement. Subscribe to the podcast on all platforms, video and audio, to be the first to see new episodes and new conversations with the greatest minds in the world. Follow me at markwhittle underscore TF on all social platforms and visit takeflightworld.com to join our growing community of hustlers, performers and go-getters. I can't wait to see you next time. Until then, stay positive, stay motivated, and of course, take flight.